0: Welcome to Minute 78 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and once again joining me this week is Nick Rehack of French Toast Sunday. See, today I got it right.
1: Welcome back, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me back.
0: All right. It's been been fun so far this week. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, episode 78 begins with Cavendish uh, doing his measurements. And ends with Roger giving an order that is cut off and we'll have to wait until tomorrow to actually hear what it is. So, as we were discussing yesterday, Danny took a 45-second journey through the tunnel to let everyone see what, what what they've accomplished so far. And he gets to the end of the tunnel and meets up with Cavendish and Cedric. And as he's doing so, Cavendish, at this point takes the the, the the string that's been used for the measurements and decides, check it out. And he pulls it the, even tighter than than Danny did along the way in order to get a very accurate measurement. Now, I mean, we, we make fun of, of Cavendish uh, all the time, <laughs> but you, you do have to, <laughs> he, he does look, I guess Nigel Stock does a great job of, of making Kevin just seem at this point as if he's very studious and knows what he's doing, even though we all know that he doesn't.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's always looking very intently in all the scenes that we've looked at this yes. week, too. You got to think, we looked at minute 76, when he's coming down the hallway and he's singing, he still has a very determined look on his face. Here we are, he's got a determined look on his face when he's measuring, and then even as we fade into the conversation, he's even with a pipe in his mouth, he's still like determined looking. He and has a that, pipe you know, in his mouth. He
0: has a pencil in his mouth. He
1: sash thing going. No, no, in the, in the next scene. Oh. I'm okay. jumping ahead a little bit, oh, okay. but in, into the next scene, he's he's ah, determined regardless.
0: That's tomorrow, That's or later. That's later today. Sorry, you're right. You're right. I, I apologize. I, I thought no, no, you were no, talking no, I'm jumping ahead. In his I'm, mouth.
1: I'm just excited. Okay, that's good. That's good to be excited. You're, you're
0: excited about uh, Cavendish's foray foray from the future. <laughs> so he takes the, the 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 spool and pulls it really tightly, and then Danny marks it. Now, what's interesting is is did you notice where Danny chooses to to mark it, like where their mark is?
1: It it, it it's. There's like a, a ball or a rock hanging from the center, so roughly it's exactly. right where the center of the tunnel is.
0: Right. No, my point is, is that it's from the, the, the rock. They use the rock as their, you know, point of, of reference of its X number of feet from this particular point. So I think that's, uh, that, that's done really well from, uh, again... I know nothing about uh, engineering and measuring and all that stuff, so everyone mm-hmm. who's listening to this and knows that is, is yelling at me right now saying, of course that's what you do. You always have a rock <laughs> right in the middle, and that's how you measure. What are you thinking? How can you not know that? And apparently I don't, so you'll have to just, you know, send send your comments <laughs> and explain when you listen to this episode as to why that's actually used because I don't know. Well, do you know, Nick?
1: I <laughs> I I mean obviously they just want to get it as accurate as possible. They want to be able to do the most with the least amount of resources because you've got to think if you're going to add on X amount more feet, you're going to need that much more material, manpower, time. You wouldn't be able to time it out really well too because if he wants to get 250 people out of there, he wants to be able to do X amount a minute. Like I totally get that. But if it's me – I don't know. I would maybe go past the rock just to make sure, give myself a little bit of wiggle room in case something goes wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, they probably should have tried to do it when the days are longer.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: I mean, because you know, at nighttime in in Poland, in the middle of the summer, you you know, it, it, it gets dark at eight thirty nine o'clock at night, so you've already lost a few hours at that point, and then it, it gets late. I think at like five a.m. So they didn't yeah. have that much time to do it.
1: Which is not probably a lot why, to run out with. Which is
0: probably why, when the, in the real escape, they, they, they escaped on March, uh, March 24th, which okay. you probably don't so know. So it
1: still would have been darker, yeah.
0: Yeah, so March would be darker, especially since I doubt they used daylight saving times at the time. I'm assuming Eww. not. Here's, here's a little bit of trivia that you probably don't know. March 24th, the day of the real escape. Um, our listeners have already heard this, but... but you know, I like mentioning it every as often as possible. Also, is also Steve McQueen's birthday. What? Yes, Steve McQueen, That's pretty cool. Steve McQueen was 13 years old on the day that they actually made the the breakout of the escape. Oh no, 14. It was 1944, so he was 14 the day of the the escape.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah. I Little didn't know did that. he know how influential it will be on his life. Uh,
1: yeah, that's still really cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah it really is. I always find it it's it's an amazing fun fact about this movie that that the the real escape took place on Stephen McQueen's birthday, which he and and he wasn't even able to work in a, or orchestrate that, so that that's even more impressive. No.
1: He would I, he could still throw a ball up against the wall and catch it though.
0: Probably when he was 14. I feel like
1: that counts for something.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, so Cavendish then, you know, pull, pulls the string uh, as as tightly as possible and then takes the pencil out of his mouth and then goes and uh, makes a mark in his notebook. We're, we're back in the compound. It's now daylight, and we get to see uh, Cavendish with the pipe, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. you, you are correct. I forgot about the pipe at this point. <laughs> having, having a conversation with Ramsey, Roger, and Mac, where Cavendish is updating the, 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 the three heads as to what is actually going on. So he basically says that uh, that Tom has reached beyond that pile of wood, and he motions to a pile of wood over near the you know on the outside of the fence, which which is is pretty funny that that the way that Kevin just says that because you know you know see that pile of wood over there, the, the,
1: Tom is Tom, it Tom, almost Tom is under there. I was going to say it, <laughs> and it almost. It does It does one of two things. It puts into perspective like, man, how, look how long that is. Wow, that's really not that long. Let's see how much farther they have to go. And it's kind of a – he doesn't say it that way, but sometimes feels like, yeah, worry by that pile of wood. Like he wants to be further along. He's that much more determined to get to where they got to go. Right. But from where they're going to that – it's still an impressive distance, especially for you know digging and going about the way they're going about it.
0: Right. And then, and then he he mentions something very interesting. He goes, Harry, of course, isn't as far as that. So Harry is the second tunnel that they're working on, and you know, for him to to mention that, you know, it, it basically shows the fact that that they're working on both tunnels at the exact same time. Yeah. So that that that's a nice way for them to throw it out. And then Ramsey asks the question, Well, how much further do we have till we get to the trees? And then Cavendish, uh, says, well, uh, we make it to be 50 feet, sir, which as we now know, it's, you know, it's, it's 70 feet, you know, it's, mm. he's a little bit off
1: with just 80, shy, 50.
0: just yeah. shy, which, which reminds me of the scene from, uh, you know, Die Hard 2, you know, after the, the bad guys, you know, change the, the ground level and, you know, they're flying, they're, they're watching the plane coming, coming into land and they basically say, uh. You know, no, guys, you're, you're you're a lot lower than you think you are. You're you're really at 100 feet. You're not at 150 feet. So watching Cavendish make these type of comments basically says to me, okay, uh, you know, you're you're wrong. You're wrong. It's not. It's yeah. it's not 50 feet. It's 70 feet. It's 80 feet. Whatever it is. Whatever it comes down to. So uh, overly
1: confident across the board.
0: Yes, completely. No question about that.
1: And And even so, he's the only one. He's got that scarf-looking thing. He's got a pipe going. No one else – everyone else kind of has like a cigarette, right? No one – even the guards, they don't even have pipes. I feel like they just have little cigarettes. I mean maybe they do, but I haven't seen them. But he's just – he makes himself to be like so high and mighty over the others, and you know, I don't feel as bad now with him falling through all those bunk beds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean we we see Soren quite often with, with a pipe. So, we do okay. Yeah. You know, Soren, Soren's the 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 main diversions guy, which he, he's basically helping people. You know, he's he's the one with the signaling, so he actually uses his pipe in some ways. Oh, parts. okay. And then he actually, there's another guy, uh, there's another one of his guys that also has a pipe. So yeah, there's a, there's a few of them with pipes, but not that many. But you're right, it's. Uh, yeah, you know, well, Kevin, he's overly confident here. That that's the problem.
1: You know, he's oh he, for sure because
0: he's, he's wrong. <laughs> that's what it comes down to.
1: Even when he's looking at uh, his uh, his paperwork, right. even even then, it's he looks. I don't know. To me, he doesn't seem confident. There's a determination there, but he just doesn't seem confident in his papers. Like he just there's something about his face, the way he kind of wriggles that mustache. No, problem
0: is he's he's too
1: confident. You can kind of tell like he's something too confident
0: because. 'Cause yeah. he he thinks he knows but he's wrong. That's what it comes down to. He just he you know, he, he just doesn't know how to do his math properly. And maybe he maybe someone mismarked one of the uh the flags along the way of the of the string. You know, because we, we mentioned earlier that you had the, the, the string with the, the black marks and the blue marks and the red marks. So they they probably yeah. are different ways of, of saying that, okay, this is fifteen feet, this is twenty feet, this is you know fifty feet is a hundred feet in order to be able to get an accurate measurement of the whole thing, so
1: yeah, it's possible that uh he just someone mistied something by a certain spot or he just forgot what the colors meant or even like the order because they're they're working like just all the time they're focused on you're bound to make a mistake if you don't give yourself that time to kind of breathe yeah, and step no. away from it
0: and so they they continue their conversation where they're basically trying to decide okay well when is the dark of the moon the dark of the moon is the seventh eighth and ninth and uh, i i i checked it up and and i do believe that that is correct i'm a, you know nowadays it's much easier to check it than it probably was when when they made this movie <laughs> but probably. Uh, based, based on what i researched it, it is correct that it is the i think the the eighth and ninth were, were really the dark of the moon and the seventh wasn't i think that's what it uh, comes down hmm. to and then, then Mac basically says, Well in, in August it's a day earlier which then establishes the fact that here we're talking about we're talking about July. Which which is is, is, is yeah. an interesting way to convey that information. You know, they don't even have to say it. They just say, Okay, you know, this is the way it is in in in, in this month and then they go, Well, the, the month after is August, so obviously now we know what they're talking. And I, I like the way that they have, you know, the, this executive group, that they're the, the way that they're they're working together in order to plan. You know, you have you have Ramsey Mac and Roger meeting with different heads of the ex organization in order to determine different things that are going on. So, you know, here they're they're meeting with Cavendish. So, I, I, I like the fact that they show that they're hands on.
1: Very much so. It's not just somebody kind of barking orders and saying, all right, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and then they walk away. Like you said, everybody's involved. Everybody has – I mean clearly they have a stake in it. They all want to get out, and especially with having such a lofty goal of 250, um, they want to make sure everything's right in order to do it. And what I really like is too is uh, uh, Bartlett. He kind of takes his time, and it really feels like when he's walking away – He's he's observing. He's looking over everything. He's kind of taking a look to the left at some of the other tunnels and see where they're headed. There's the wood, pile, How much further is are going to go after? He genuinely doesn't care about what's about to happen in the scene. He's too busy surveying. He's too busy planning for the future and seeing what's going on. And it looks just kind of like a throwaway moment, but I think it just adds to that character of he's that, – that's why he's the one in charge. <clears throat> that's why he is the one that's in charge because he is so focused and determined – on that goal, like there's nothing else right. on his mind.
0: No question about that. But but that that's one of the things that we know about about Bartlett. I mean, he was an excellent planner. You know, the the, the, the real person that he was based on, Roger Bushell, or Bushel, he he also, you know, he was very he was great at planning. And the way that that Attenborough plays this character is, you can see so often throughout this movie, you see the wheels turning in his head. You know, as he's just looking mm-hmm, around, mm-hmm. trying to think, okay, what am I going to do here? What is going to, how are we going to do this? What's going to be there? And we, we get to see how hands-on and involved they all are in everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it feels good and too.
0: Ramsey quickly just jerks his head to the to the right and starts looking back, and then we get to see uh, another comical moment in the movie. We get to see uh, Hiltz and Goff. Basically running by with wheelbarrows filled with uh, potatoes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know
0: he just looks over and 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 he screams Morning <laughs> and just
1: like <laughs> like it's totally normal.
0: <laughs> hey day. Now it, what's great is that you've seen the background; everyone, all the laundry that that's hanging up. You know, people have you know decided to 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 do do the wash at this early point in the day, whatever whatever the, the early point is, but, uh, you know, I'm assuming this isn't 11 o'clock in the morning where Hilts is saying good morning to people. It's probably much earlier. <laughs> you know, a few people walking by with rakes, you know, things like that. And and then they, they have an interesting conversation. Now, you mentioned that Roger walks away, and he's, he's standing in the background looking at, uh, I guess, the pile of wood. And then Ramsey, Cavendish, and Mac are all staring in the direction of where Hiltz just came from. And Ramsey goes, there he goes again. Why is he buying up all those potatoes in the camp? Now, what's interesting is is he says, why is he buying up all the potatoes? Meaning they found some way to convince people to sell them their potatoes. And those are...
1: And with what money? No,
0: but it, it doesn't have to be real money. It could be some sort of commodity, something you know, some barter.
1: They oh, can trade yeah, for yeah, them, yeah. like the chocolate or the biscuits be, or jam. Still, I mean, that's a hell of a lot of potatoes,
0: <laughs> and yeah. and they all look
1: peeled. Yeah. And I'm running through my head too. I'm like, what could they be, you know, trying to do with potatoes? I'm thinking like, are they going to do chips or French fries. <laughs> Or they're trying to make some kind of meal, but then I had another thought in my head. I'm like, I wonder if they're trying to make some kind Ooh, of vodka. Or I don't know. We'll
0: have to we'll have to wait and see. But what they're going to be doing with that?
1: Yeah, we shall see. And
0: and, <laughs> and then this is one of my favorite lines of the movies because it makes no sense whatsoever. Mac, who is in charge of intelligence, says, "I've been working on that, but I can't seem to find out." Now, wait a second. This is a guy who a few weeks ago, when Hiltz and Ives were in seclusion they were in the cooler together nobody was able to hear them no one was able to see them and they concoct this plan to Mm -hmm. get out of the camp and somehow intelligence found out about the fact that these two guys were planning on getting out okay but he can't figure out for why they've been stealing potatoes or buying up potatoes for for a few weeks
1: and he even points out that, you know, one of them stands out guard or sometimes he joins in on him. We didn't think to talk to that guy when he's standing out guard. Like, hey, what are you guarding? I mean, well,
0: and then they said that Hilton and <laughs> Henley locked themselves in every night. Now, first of all, we know that they don't share a room. So whose room are they locking themselves in? <laughs> because yeah. Blythe isn't around. Yeah. So you never, you never really know. Mm-mm. And and then, uh, and then Max says, and sometimes Goff is out there with him. Sometimes he's on the outside guarding, and sometimes he's in with them. Now, I mean, you mentioned the fact that maybe they should have asked off what they're doing. I don't think he would have answered. That's a separate problem. But why do they need a guard? Like, what are they? What are they trying to yeah. guard from?
1: Yeah, it's not. It's. Uh, no, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't it, make sense. It,
0: no, but 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 it's fun. It's a fun addition to the uh, to the way that they did this. Now, we mentioned before that, that Roger is standing in the back the entire time looking in the opposite direction just thinking about what's going on, trying to figure out what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And at the last moments of this uh, this minute, Roger then comes back to the, to the trio that are standing there pondering about potatoes and basically says, Mac will close down and then his, his order gets cut off. So anyone who wants to know what his final order, what his order is, will have to come back tomorrow to listen to that. Did you have Absolutely. anything else you want to say about this minute, Nick?
1: No, just that uh, I'm excited for tomorrow's minute and the day after that's minute because I think they're a lot of fun. Uh,
0: so, of all, so are all of the others. <laughs> all all 172 <laughs> episodes are fun. Come on. <laughs>
1: There's some that are very tense, but some that are like a fun tense or not as tense, but a little we more fun. We will
0: always have fun discussing discussing any of them and every one of them. How's that? How's that for a diplomatic answer?
1: Sounds uh, perfect. <laughs> very diplomatic.
0: Exactly. So why don't you once again tell people how they can get in touch with you?
1: Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at The Rehack, T-H-E-R-E-H-A-K. Uh, I've been on a handful of episodes of the Exploding Helicopter podcast with Will Slater. Recently, there was an episode about a 1991 Russian action film called Red Mob that we discussed. We recently discussed Ape vs. Monster, Bird on Wire, and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. So be sure to go back after listening to these episodes, of course. Go and check yeah, those well, out as well.
0: We'll, we'll be on the show, uh, in a few months from now. We'll get to him. Unfortunately, there, there are no exploding helicopters in this movie for him. So we, we 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 accidentally found something that works for him. So you know that that's going to be okay. Fun. It was I'm excited was to see what that is and it works out. So we'll have to we'll have okay. to people will have to wait months to hear that. But but I, I urge you to continue listening in order to hear that. While you're doing all that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to this show. You can send us an email at thegreatminute at gmail dot com. Our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. Our Facebook group is The Cooler, and our website is TheGreatEscapeMinute.com. So, Nick, you want to come back? Uh, you've already actually said you want to come back tomorrow. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you come back tomorrow. I do. How's that? <laughs> we'll see <laughs> about Friday. We'll see how tomorrow goes. We'll see. We'll see how drunk you get. Okay. And we'll decide about. Uh, I, think you fair. Back on Friday. I think it's on Friday gets better. We'll have to. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah. All right. So until tomorrow, tally ho
1: tally ho.